Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of dumping syndrome found under the gastrointestinal section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 48-year-old woman presents to the clinic for complaints for flushing and diarrhea for the past two weeks. She reports that these symptoms often occur 15 minutes after a meal and usually resolve within hours. She endorses nausea and palpitations during these episodes, but denies weight changes, fever, abdominal pain, or diarrhea. Her past medical history is significant for a gastric bypass surgery three months ago for weight reduction. Let's continue with an introduction to dumping syndrome. Clinically, this is defined as a postgastrectomy syndrome caused by the destruction or bypass of the pyloric sphincter. In terms of the demographics, clinically significant dumping syndrome occurs in about 20% of patients after pyloroplasty or distal gastrectomy, and risk factors include gastrectomy. In terms of the pathogenesis, there is rapid emptying of hyperosmolar chyme into the small bowel due to the destruction or bypass of the pyloric sphincter. The osmotic gradient then draws fluid into the intestine and leads to the release of one or more vasoactive hormones, such as serotonin. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms usually occur about 15-30 minutes after a meal, and they may include nausea, vomiting, cramps, diarrhea, diaphoresis, palpitations, flushing, abdominal pain, and lightheadedness. On exam, one may note hypotension, as well as confusion secondary to hypoglycemia. In terms of further imaging, an upper gastrointestinal series is used to support the diagnosis. A syntographic gastric emptying study is used to demonstrate rapid gastric emptying. In terms of further studies, remember that diagnosis is based on clinical symptoms in the setting of gastric surgery. Specific studies may also include a monitored glucose challenge. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about cyclic vomiting syndrome. Distinguishing factors include that the clinical presentation is of intense vomiting episodes separated by symptom-free periods, and there is typically a history of cannabinoid use. Also think about gastroparesis. Distinguishing factors here include that syntographic gastric emptying study would demonstrate a delayed gastric emptying. In terms of treatment, first-line options include dietary modifications, This may include frequent small meals that are high in fiber and protein and low in carbohydrates. There may be separation of liquid from solid during meals, and one should avoid foods that aggravate the problem. Second-line options include octreotide, which is rarely required, as well as reoperation, which is indicated in patients with intractable symptoms who fail dietary and medical therapy. And lastly, complications related to dumping syndrome may include electrolyte imbalance and malnutrition. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to dumping syndrome, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 44-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with confusion starting this morning. Her husband states that she initially complained of abdominal pain, diarrhea, and fatigue after eating and has been with her the entire time. She has vomited three times and progressively became more confused. 
Her past medical history is notable for morbid obesity, diabetes, hypertension, dyslipidemia, a sleeve gastrectomy one month ago, and depression with multiple suicide attempts. Her temperature is 98.0 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.7 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 104 over 54. Pulse is 120 beats per minute. Respirations are 15 breaths per minute and oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Her physical exam is notable for generalized confusion. Laboratory values are ordered, which demonstrate a serum sodium of 139, chloride of 100, potassium of 3.9, bicarbonate of 24, BUN of 22, glucose of 41, creatinine of 1.1, calcium of 10.2, and a normal C-peptide level. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are Choice 1, dumping syndrome. Choice 2, glipizide overdose. Choice 3, insulin overdose. Choice 4, malnutrition. Or choice 5, propranolol overdose. The best answer to this question is choice 1, dumping syndrome. This patient is presenting with a history of sleeve gastrectomy and symptoms after a meal with nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, confusion, and hypoglycemia suggesting a diagnosis of dumping syndrome. Dumping syndrome typically occurs in a patient who has had a gastrectomy. When the patient eats, the smaller sized stomach allows for hypertonic gastric contents to rapidly enter the duodenum, causing increased pancreatic insulin secretion, which leads to hypoglycemia. The hypertonic gastric contents also can cause nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. This diagnosis should be suspected in a patient who becomes symptomatic after eating who has had a gastrectomy. The long-term treatment is to have smaller meals to avoid this complication. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Glipizide overdose would present with hypoglycemia and an elevated C-peptide level. Treatment involves administration of dextrose and octreotide, in addition to observing the patient in the hospital, given the long half-life of sulfonylureas. Choice 3. Insulin overdose would present with a normal or decreased C-peptide level, in addition to confusion and hypoglycemia. Patients should be given dextrose until their blood glucose normalizes. Choice 4. Malnutrition is common in patients after a sleeve gastrectomy. However, it may take months to years for this to present. Patients may present with fat-soluble vitamin, water-soluble vitamin, or calorie deficiencies. Choice 5. Propranolol overdose would present with hypotension, bradycardia, and hypoglycemia from decreased systemic adrenergic tone. Treatment involves the administration of calcium, epinephrine, dextrose, glucagon, and insulin. Finally, a bullet summary. Dumping syndrome presents with diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, confusion, and hypoglycemia after a meal in a patient with a gastrectomy. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 60-year-old man presents to your clinic one month following partial gastrectomy for a peptic ulcer. He complains of postprandial abdominal pain nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. 
he also complains of flushing and shortness of breath. The patient does not smoke cigarettes or consume alcohol. His medications include omeprazole and atorvastatin. Physical exam reveals increased bowel sounds and mild abdominal distension. The patient's post-surgical scar is healing well. Which of the following is the most appropriate treatment for this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Increased dietary fiber Choice 2. Decrease carbohydrate intake Choice 3. Include accessible or simple carbohydrates in the patient's diet Choice 4. Increase the patient's dosage of omeprazole Or Choice 5. Prescribe loperamide The best answer to this question is Choice 2. Decrease carbohydrate intake. Dumping syndrome is a complication of both gastric bypass and sleeve gastrectomy. Early symptoms are divided into GI complaints, which may include abdominal pain, diarrhea, borborygmy, bloating, and nausea, and vasomotor complaints, which may include flushing, palpitation, perspiration, tachycardia, hypotension, and even syncope. And late symptoms include hypoglycemia, perspiration, hunger, fatigue, and syncope. Diagnosis is based on clinical assessment and a modified oral glucose tolerance test. Barium fluoroscopy and radionuclide scintigraphy are also used to see if there is premature emptying of the stomach. Patients are advised to eat more frequently with smaller portions and to avoid drinking during meals. Intake of carbohydrates should be reduced. A carbose is administered to patients who fail dietary management. The publication by Virgie and Murr explains dumping syndrome as a complication of bariatric surgery. They stress the importance of dietary compliance to avoid symptoms and suggest that they last one to two hours after eating sweet or foods or those with lots of simple carbohydrates. The publication by Rohoff et al. explains how buildup of carbohydrates in the jejunum can lead to sudden increases in insulin release via glucagon-like peptide 1. This causes hypoglycemia and the aforementioned symptoms cluster. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Increasing dietary fiber is unlikely to help this patient. Choice 3. Carbohydrate intake should be decreased, not increased. Choice 4. The patient's symptoms are not related to gastric reflux his omeprazole dosage should not be increased. And choice five, loperamide may help with the patient's diarrhea, but it is unlikely to relieve his other GI symptoms. That's all for this review about dumping syndrome. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, You can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.